so you've sort of systematically applied this approach to uh, getting more uh, happiness, uh, freedom and fulfillment uh, in your life. So I thought we could dive into that a little bit here and, and sort of flesh that out a little bit. Unsurprisingly, I sort of said, okay, well, there must be some kind of like standard operating procedure I can apply. Yeah. And There's got to be a recipe to this, right? Yeah, yeah, you know, some some process I can fill out. You're listening to The Growth Booth, the show focused on achieving lifestyle freedom through online businesses. Whether you're looking for step-by-step strategies to start building an online business, simple game plans to grow your business, or proven lifestyle freedom frameworks, you are in the right place. Stay tuned and be sure to join the thousands of listeners already in growth mode. Aiden Booth there, welcome back to episode number 13 of The Growth Booth, where today we are joined once again by my business partner, Steve Clayton, and we are going to be building on what we discussed in episode 12, which was an episode all about lifestyle design. If you haven't checked that one out, head over to thegrowthbooth.com, go to episode number 12, and you'll be able to find uh, some good stuff that we spoke about uh, there. In this episode, though, I want to take it a little bit further and start talking about how uh, people can get to Uh, sort of by design, uh, a place where they are really happy with what they're doing in their lives. And I know, Steve, you've someone who, you know, lives by the spreadsheet and unsurprisingly, you've actually built out a bit of a framework that uh, you use in your life. Uh, So you've sort of systematically applied this approach to uh, getting more uh, happiness, uh, freedom and fulfillment uh, in your life. So I thought we could dive into that a little bit here and and sort of flesh that out a little bit. So um, what where, where do we start here? Like, what are the areas that you like to look at? Yeah, so it's, it's kind of silly. Uh, I mean, I've always been—I'm kind of a weird paradox. You know, I'm—I'm I'm sort of a very introspective guy, um, and you know, sort of a fresh. I've always been kind of like a frustrated writer, and sort of you know, like an artsy kind of you know in that way. Uh, but uh, I'm also you know kind of like a a numbers guy, a scientific planner, you know that sort of thing. So when I think about um, you know, this being introspective about what is happiness and how do you get to happiness? You know, what I call it, what's your recipe for, for happiness? Um, unsurprisingly, I sort of said, okay, well, there must be some kind of like standard operating procedure I can apply. Yeah. And There's got to be a recipe to this, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, some, some process I can fill out. So I, you know, I've, um, I, I probably have thought about this like way more than, you know, anyone else I know, because I don't know exactly why it's just kind of how I'm wired. I'm constantly sort of saying, you know, am I satisfied? Am I happy? Am I? And, and I, and I think the other thing is that I'm able to, um, step outside of myself and others and look around and kind of see, um, that there's a lot of people that are operating, you know, what I call just on autopilot and have never really done the work of introspection to sort of sit down and say, well, what really makes me happy and why the hell and, and why am I not doing that? You know, and, and I just see so many people who live a life of basically unhappiness. And, you know, there's always an excuse, uh, you know, oh, yeah, I'd love to live somewhere warmer. But, you know, my job's here. My family's here. Right? And and some of them are reasonable excuses. And, you know, but some of them aren't. And at, le- at the very least, you should make a firm decision and not just let it happen to you, you know? So anyway, so I think the, the secret to happiness, if you think about it is pretty straightforward. It's like, you know, Hey, what are the things you love to do? You should do more of those things. (laughs) What are the things you don't like to do? 
you shouldn't do any of those things. You know, uh, you should probably help others do those same, do that same thing, help others do the things they love to do, help others avoid what they don't like, rinse and repeat and sort of reassess that. And you're done. <laughs> you know, it sounds, it sounds pretty easy, you know? Um, but I think the, so why don't people do that? And I think that the, the reasons are that people don't ask themselves the questions. Um, they don't have a framework for doing that. They don't know how to be introspective and they don't know, they, they feel like without even having an answer of what makes them happy, they feel like it's impossible to structure their life in such a way that they could do more of the things that make them happy and less of the things that don't make them happy. So I think that's what I see. So what I struggled to do is I said, all right, look, let's think about what are the areas that um, are important to dive into to make sure that you're living your best life, you know, living your happiness. And I, I kind of break it down by geography, um, your health and wellness, your family and friends, um, work, and then kind of everything else, hobbies, passions, interests, that sort of thing. And I like to sort of examine each of those things individually and understand, first of all, before even worrying about putting a plan in place, just kind of understand, well, what, you know, what makes me happy? What, what, what of, of those areas, like for geography, what would make me happy every day? Where, where should I live that would make me happy every day? That kind of thing. Is that how you got to uh, spending, you know, a certain portion of your time, you know, by the beach, another portion mm-hmm. of your time, um, you know, at your house in South Carolina, another portion of your time at, um, you know, Chicago? Is that is that basically the outcome of um, going through that exercise? Yeah, it is. Um, so, and it changes, you know, and that's okay. Um, but yeah, for us, you know, our recipe for geography is we love the city. We love Chicago and we love the lifestyle of the city, you know, where you don't have a car and you, you know, you can go out uh, to a really nice restaurant and take an Uber and not have to worry about having wine with dinner and, you know, and, and, oh, walk down the street and go into high end shopping and, you know, that, that sort of thing. Um, so we, we love all the culture and all the urban stuff. But on the other hand, um, there are things that I miss when I'm spending all my time in Chicago. Like, you know, that I like sports cars. Well, you know, sports cars are kind of a tough thing to have in Chicago. I, I don't have any in Chicago. And I, I went through a period of about four, four or five years where I didn't own a car at all. And I missed it, you know. So then, so, so, so we, we've got the, the urban lifestyle, which we love. But then we also love this, um, you know, uh, uh, low country, Hilton Head lifestyle, the, the weather. Uh, it's much more temperate here, obviously. It doesn't usually snow here ever. It doesn't usually get below freezing, um, you know, and golf and, and all that sort of stuff. And the wide open spaces and the different geography. Um, and then we've, I've always loved the water and, and the beach. And, uh, I have, I have mostly satisfied that itch with a boat. Um, but I kind of reached the point where I was sort of done with that. And so now I have a place, um, in Florida that's on the beach. Um, and so, uh, that's how we get our, our beach fix. And do you sort of, um, regularly, uh, or semi-regularly sort of sit down and go through these, Five categories, which I think you said were geography, health, um, wellness, friends, family, work, sort of hobbies, interests, and everything else. Do you yep. regularly make that an exercise to go through it once? Once I don't know, once in a while. 
I do. I probably too much um, because you know you can do it a little too much. I think I do it a lot on geography uh, because, as you know, I've kind of you know since I've known you, right? I've lived in full time in North Carolina. I've lived full time in Key West. I've lived you know full time in Chicago, and then I've lived in this split scenario. And then sometimes I've had a boat, which I've treated like a floating condo, all sorts of different places in the. Uh, actually, sometimes out of the country and in the Bahamas and stuff like that. So I do I do the geography thing a lot, uh, but I've slowed down on that. <laughs> I mean, like I've been it's been like maybe three years since I've been in this cycle of these three places. I think I've I think I've kind of found and I'm getting older, too. So, you know, but I, I think I've sort of found my sweet spot. It's a great sweet spot of being able to oh, I'm tired of suburbia and having to get in a car and drive to go get milk. Uh, all right, well, let's just, you know, jump over to Chicago for a long weekend or something and, you know, enjoy that. Um, so, yeah, but but to answer the question specifically, yes, uh, I think it's important to do it regularly. I think for geography, probably people shouldn't do it as often as I do it. Um, but maybe, you know, kind of a once a year check in um, is probably a pretty good thing to do just to make sure that you're still because things change. Your, your recipe for happiness today is clearly not going to be the recipe for happiness in five years. I mean, it just isn't. Things change, interests change, your health changes. You know, your you know that sort of thing. So I think I think a lot of people just get um, you know on autopilot. I think you mentioned that yep. earlier. And yep. you know, one year goes by, another year goes by, but you never stop to sort of ask yourself the question. And I think when you do stop to ask yourself the question about you know what would make me really happy uh, with regards to my family and my friends right. and you know where do I want to be for that. That's when you can even start to think a little bit out, outside the square because if you don't live in the same place as your family, but you want to see them regularly, like in my case, I live in Argentina most of the time. Um, I've got my the rest of my family on my side is in New Zealand. Now I don't. There's different ways I can see them. One is I could go to New Zealand. Another is I could fly them, you know, out exactly. to see me. And then when they do that, I actually have a really good setup here where I've got a place they can stay. Um, right. And, you know, everything else is all sort of set up. So I think there's when, – when you really start to sort of think outside the square a little bit, there's a lot that you can do to make yourself happier in those categories. Um, one thing that um, I know you've started doing um, this year, Steve, and it's probably because you've sort of been rebalancing, I guess, the, the different areas is uh, not working on a Friday. So on yeah. a Friday you want to, you know, get out on the golf course or spend time with your friends and family or something – Whereas in the yep. past, maybe you wanted to be working, but I guess this is the outcome of just rebalancing those things. I guess over time that changes. Yeah, that's a great example. Um, you know, it's something I, I definitely decided on and it just made sense for me. And um, it's made a, it's made a difference. I don't always I don't always make it, uh, but, I, you know, I, I do often enough. Um, so it works out really, really well for me. And it's and it's made a, a big difference in my quality of life. Well, what's the process that you sort of go through to flesh out these things that are important? Like, what do you have an example of some questions that you would ask yourself around? I don't know, hobbies, interests, passion, or is there? Yeah. Like, how do, how do you sort of get to to where you, where you ultimately want to be with deciding on what you want to do and, and don't do? Yeah, I mean, I think it's you know, I, I think um, each of these areas has some of them are easier than others, right? I mean, like health and wellness, you know, you, you, I guarantee you most people know what they should be doing, but they just don't do it. Um, women are better at this than men, you know, but, um, but just getting someone who can, 
you know, who can sit down and say, all right, you need these screening tests. You need this. You need to be at the right, you know, BMI, cholesterol, blood pressure, you know, all that kind of crap. So that's maybe it's not the easiest one to do, but it's the, you know, it's one of the easier ones to plan. Uh, family and friends, I think that you probably need to start to dig a little bit deeper. Like, for example, um, are there are there friends or family that you think of often that you don't see? You know, are there friends maybe on Facebook from your past that you wish you could have more of a, of a relationship with? You know, um, do you have, you know, too much of a relationship with some of your family? You know, I mean, it's I guess it's it's not just a matter of like sitting down and going, um, oh, well, who are the closest family to me? I better move near them. That's not what we mean here. It's really digging deep and asking, you know, sev- several layers of questions deep to sort of ferret out. Gosh, yeah, you know, it would be much, it would be great to be able to have more of a relationship with uh, my my best friend from high school. I'm actually struggling a little bit with that right now and just trying to figure out how to make that better. You know, it's best man at my wedding and we don't see each other as often as I'd, I'd like um, by any stretch. And so we're both trying to sort of figure out ways to, you know, make that better. Um, but I, so I guess, you know, but, but if I were to give, be given the task of, you know, we'll write down all the family you need to be close to or something, you know, that, that wouldn't have come up. So you need to ask those questions. I think oftentimes there are a lot of passions that go um, unrecognized, you know, so if we start, if we shift gears and talk about hobbies, passions, interests, you know, that sort of thing. Um, I find that there are a lot of things that, uh, people got involved in as kids, like maybe in third to ninth grade, that kind of a time frame. That are true passions. You were um, you were like uh, building your own casino at that stage, weren't you? <laughs> well, that's yes, I was. But uh, yeah, that was that's one passion. Uh, You're not, not like so a much, gaming mogul anymore. Not not so much gambling, but the entrepreneurial side to it. You know. But the other thing I was doing um, at that age was I was doing a lot of writing. Um, and like a, like a lot of writing and I was writing, I had written a whole series of adventures for our class that our, uh, our teacher would allow me to read, you know, to the class. And it was kind of fun because everybody had characters. And so, um, but then I forgot all about that and it was like a big thing. Like I was like a, you know, a, a, a big author in my sixth grade, you know, I was, uh, infamous for this and it was a real passion for me and I really loved it. And then I forgot about it for, I don't know, 30, 40 years, you know, something like that, whatever old you are in sixth grade. And then I, through this process, I kind of circled back into it and said, you know, I really want to rekindle some of those passions that were really important to me back then, like writing. And so, you know, as you know, I got involved in writing a screenplay and uh, and a movie that's actually out there. In the, and I have an IMDb credit for co-writing a screen screenplay and that sort of stuff. Um, and also flying was a big thing for me. So, you know, many decades later, I went back and got my pilot's license and flew for many years. And so, yeah, I mean, it's, I, I, I think that there's a lot of unrecognized passions that we had back then that would make our lives better if we could rekindle that passion. I think um, if you try to take that idea and build it into a something that's systematic in your life. Um, one example that comes to mind is 
um, I've, I sort of plan out my weeks and my months and yep. I set a longer term goal and I sort of work backwards and figure out, well, what do I need to be doing this week so that in a few months time I'm achieving such and such. And one of the things I actually do when I'm in that planning process is I do make um, little objectives to or reminders really uh, to, to reach out to my, my best buddies who are all over the yeah. world um, and I find it really good. It's, it may sound a little bit funny. Oh, you know, you're scheduling to sort of, you know, reach out no, to your friends and stuff. But um, in in my case, it's just so easy that the weeks go by and the weeks turn into months. And then it's like, oh, man, haven't spoken to my, my buddy for a couple of months. Whereas I get it in my calendar. Um, I plan that I'm actually going to, you know, be talking to them, catching up with them or whatever. And yeah. I actually uh, do it. So it sort of forces me to... Um, keep finding the opportunity to tap into those things that that really make me happy. Um, I think last question that I really wanted to get your take on here was when you're doing this process and when you're sort of fleshing out the things that make you happy, um, and maybe this is one that relates more to possibly more to like the whole work side of it and especially online business, do you put any sort of deliberate thought into strengths and weaknesses and um you know maybe getting help um where with things that you don't like doing like for example um i'm just trying to i i don't want to necessarily be out there creating a huge amount of written content because i know that there are a lot of people that are a lot better than that than me uh, and i'd rather be doing something else i can sort of prop that up by hiring people to help me with that experts or for example right now i'm in the process of um uh, getting a new office and I'm going to be sort of building it uh, from scratch essentially uh, and I've got lots of ideas but I'm definitely not the best person to take those ideas and turn them into something that can work so I'm deliberately getting help there so I guess going back to the question um, strengths and weaknesses do, do you sort of look at them when you're going through this process yeah I, and I think particularly when it comes to to setting up your work environment, you know, life, which is, you know, what you're talking about. The, there's a, there's a direct correlation between the things that we're good at and what we like to do. Um, even if we don't see it most of the time, most of the time people don't like doing things that they're not very good at. Except me. I like to play golf. I'm not very good at golf, but it's, a, it's <laughs> but that's, that's the exception that proves the rule. So, um, yeah. But, but it's true. And so, and I think, I think that people have a really hard time understanding what their true strengths and weaknesses are. And I think it's one of the most important things that you can nail in order to be successful. Because if you, if you keep uh, sort of hinging success upon the, the areas that you're weak, you're going to keep failing. Well, you, you should rather make sure that success is hinged on the areas you know that you're strong on and get help in the areas that you're that you're weak. So, I find that there's this sort of iterative process when you're evaluating your work life to figuring out what you enjoy doing, what you don't enjoy doing to what your weaknesses and strengths are and they're sort of all just mishmashed in there and and asking what your strengths and weaknesses are, what you're good at, what you're not good at, what you like to do, what you don't aren't don't like to do starts to get you a better picture, even if you're not good at really understanding your strengths and weaknesses of what they actually are. Um, And you sort of come to the conclusion. It's like, oh yeah, I really do hate that. And oh yeah, I really suck at that. You know, and that's maybe why. And so I better make sure because this, 
because we can't all be good at everything. And, and there's always things, there are always things that are critical to be done for, to be successful, but you're not good at. They're just different for each of us, but they're always those things. So you got to figure out a way to get help. That's usually the only solution is you get help for those things. I think um, this has been really good. And I think if you're sitting there listening to this and you want to consciously build more of that happiness into your life, if you think um, like back to what Steve said at the very beginning, if you think about the things that you really enjoy doing and do more of those and consciously think about the things that you'd rather not do as much of (laughs) and do less of those, you'll be off to a good start. And then if you want to drill down a little bit more and just to help you get started drilling down, consider those five uh, sort of categories of geography, health and wellness, uh, friends, family, work, uh, hobbies, interests, uh, or passion. And if you actually put pen to paper and start writing these things out, I think you'll be amazed at uh, some of the things that that, that can come out of it. And it will um, tie in nicely with what we spoke about in episode 12 of putting all of this together to try to build uh, lifestyle freedom and your dream lifestyle and, and ultimately Uh, more happiness into your life so um steve thanks so much for taking some time out here again uh today just to share share a few thoughts and um i am gonna get you back one day so we can talk more about the casino and the the basement um strategy (laughs) that uh you know what a six Uh, six year old does i guess you can't go to i guess you can't go to prison uh when you're six years old illegal gambling i had to figure out how i know i was i know i was like about 12 because i know when we moved from that house so actually i must have been younger than that but um i know i wasn't older than 12 so i'll have to go back and and figure that out you knew about counting cards or something so you had to be yeah something (laughs) anyway Anyway, um, yeah, like I say, so um, look, guys, uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for being here, Steve. You can, as always, get the show notes by going to thegrowthbooth.com and looking up episode 13. You'll be able to download uh, PDFs, transcriptions, summaries, and follow us on social media as well. You'll see links to our social media channel on thegrowthbooth.com. So thanks for tuning in. We'll see you on the next episode.